You're listening to Never Off Duty. I'm Judson Sapp, and with me this week, I've got Deputy Ford, who is the, what is your official title? Public Information Officer. PIO, for sure. PIO, Public Information Officer. I, I In my world, we call him, you know, we were talking about this uh, in our brief intro that we completely messed up and had to re-record. So <laughs> if this part sounds a little unfresh, you'll understand we we just did this. Uh, but in, it's, uh, in other industries, it's communications or public yeah, affairs. Yeah, they may or, say public affairs or public affairs specialist. It just depends, you know, uh, who what company, what they decide they want to use for their communication. Some say communication specialists. So there you go. And I think you've done a great job. Uh, and we also have with us a retreat today, Deputy Elias, who is relatively new to the to the sheriff's office. And we're going to get an inside perspective of what, you know, it's like to be new. And go, we'll go into that later. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, happy to be here. I've been with the sheriff's office for a year. Been on the road for about eight months now. And uh, really excited to be here. Great. So, really quickly, we're going to give you all the ways to reach us. I'll have Deputy Ford talk about that. Uh, it's, we're going to give you the email, too. It's very important if you email, though. You should put a uh, podcast in the title because that allows us to see if it's to the show. If you're, if you're emailing about the show and if you want to know something else, same email address, just put a different title. It, it, they get a lot of emails, so that way. Absolutely. And people can go, you can go to sheriff at claysheriff.com if, if they want to send some questions in about the uh, show, the podcast, and definitely put podcast in the title because, yes, Sheriff's gets a lot of emails at that uh, email address. Okay. Well, you're listening to Never Off Duty. We'll be right back and we'll start the show. And we're back. So uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating show for two reasons. Again, we have a, a person who's relatively – Deputy Elias who's relatively new uh, to law enforcement. And we also have a big Jaguars game that by the time you listen to this will be over. Uh, but we're going to talk about it because it hasn't happened yet. So hopefully the next time we record, the Jaguars fans in the room will be happy. Uh, I'm not too optimistic because I'm constantly disappointed. Uh <laughs> I'm not disappointed at them. I'm just disappointed that we didn't get the result we want. So, well, you know what's amazing? Um, when I went out, me and my wife and my daughter went out Sunday before the Eagles played, of course. And uh, <laughs> I mean, because yeah. wait, wait, don't forget, <laughs> WD Ford is, is Eagles fan first. Right. <laughs> but I, I told my wife, I said, I had in all the years I've been down here now, and this, I think, six, seven years. I have never seen that many fans walking around with Jaguars paraphernalia or or, or yep. items on them or shopping, and I'm like, where they all come from? I know <laughs> it's it's the you know it's if you if it's your team, you should support your team. Absolutely, but, but oh, it's yeah. the it's the it's not it's the shirt's been in their closet for. What four years since the last time I went to play? Well, you know, when people start pulling out the Mark Brunel jerseys, yeah. those jerseys, you're yeah. like, okay, that's the only player you had, right? Yeah. So it's because <laughs> so it's true. <laughs> so it, and listen, I tell people ask me, I, I am not a Jaguars fan. However, y'all have a great coach, right, Doug Peterson, yes, and who I I've made it clear to people, you know, that hey, if you get Doug, Doug is the one who's gonna get y'all there. It's up to y'all to execute his game plan. But if you, y'all trust Doug, they have a shot. You know? Well, that's good. And, and what's funny about our show is this is usually how it starts. We're like, oh, we're going to talk about this. And then we end up talking about it. It's actually, <laughs> we're, we're like, this is what we really want to talk about. No, Absolutely. I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that. So that gets a little tease of what's to come. Uh, and uh, hopefully we had a good result when when this is over but uh i mean when the, by the time you listen to this so deputy elias you are relatively new to the force yep and you said uh, a year with the force eight months on the road by yourself go ahead give me the correct yeah so I, I got hired in october of uh 21 and so my group was the first group that came through that we had to do like rotations throughout the sheriff's office um 
you'd spend like two weeks in admin, two weeks in patrol, two weeks in investigations at a time. And we had to wait till um, November to go into, or not November, we had to wait until uh, after the new year to go into the mini academy. And then that's when they got everybody else who was hired. And then we went through our pre-training training before we could hit the road in FTF. So pre-training training, this is what fascinates me is I think that you're going to have a lot of people listening to the show are like, I kind of wanted to go on law enforcement or they're having it in their head that they, you know, they're, first of all, is there an age limit for, if you're switching over, I'm looking at deputy for, no. you don't know this in there. I, they, so my dad is, is in his seventies. He could still apply if he wanted if to. He can pass the physical agilities test and, and pass all the required uh, courses and requirements to get hired on. Absolutely. He probably could. I mean, he's in pretty great shape. So he probably, I probably, I couldn't right now. I'd have to train for it, but you'd be uh, surprised what you can do. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's so, true. Trust I, your abilities. I've, right. I, before having kids, I absolutely could have. I, I worked out like two hours a day, and uh... before COVID, I, I you know I was in the gym all the time, and then COVID came about, and uh, you know, two years out the gym is tough. Yeah, so um, we'll talk about that because I think again, talk us through the process. Where were you in your life? What made you want to join the force? And 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 I will accept any answer. Right. I I have a family member in uh, the fire field, fire field, and they were like, I just want needed a job. And it was, you know, I was, I needed a job and, and then it turned out to be a calling, you that know, and, and that changes, I think. And really, when you say job, this type of profession here, because I used to be the same way. So this type of profession, I now say it's a career because there's a difference between a, a job oh, and yeah. a career path. So, yeah, absolutely. So I went to the academy in 2019 uh, with JSO. Uh, pay my way through FSCJ. But before that, I had a bunch of different jobs. Uh, like I said, while we were on the break, I used to work granite. I did that from about 15 years old till I was about 20. And then I worked at, you know, Walmart and Winn-Dixie, and that was not it. Um, but tell, I, them, tell them the interesting fact, you know, at least a, a, a small connection, even though I was gone, that we talked about earlier um, where you were working. Oh, so... I was working. What was it? I was saying. I'm drawing a complete. I worked last night. So, so bear, <laughs> yeah, bear with me. So I worked last and we night. Were, we're recording early. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Debbie so, Delias is on very short sleep right uh, now. CSX. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I uh, that was oh, after wow. the academy. I um, uh, it it was hard at that time to get on in law enforcement, especially having no experience. Everybody kind of wanted that. Um, so I got a job at G4S, and I was working at the South Point uh, Dispatch Center. Um working security, armed security there. And Deputy Ford, when he was with CSX, he was kind of over that spot. Oh, cool. Uh, different times. We missed each other. Right. But it's kind of neat how small the world is and well, how you can find a connection like that. So the the interesting thing is when we were very first episode, we were talking about very few people know about railroad police. And yeah. I actually do because I work in the railroad industry. So, again, very small <laughs> world uh, that that's I build rail for yes. a living. And, nice. you know, we don't, uh, we don't actually – uh, see very often because when we're there, you know, there's, it's not like there's an investigation going on. It's like, right. it's like something derailed. And, and maybe if there was, uh, you know, foul, something bad happened, that, but that would already be done by the time we're called in. So Absolutely. that's not, uh, but, it, but we do know about it because, you know, <coughs> as somebody that, uh, as y'all in the room know, likes guns. I'm, I'm always <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's so cool, man. Do they tell. get, Do they tell. get to, uh, I wish recording inside my armory. So I, I couldn't tell, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, uh, and these are the only ones I display now. Uh, so that's the, you know, I, I'm like, that's pretty cool, man. They can, because rails everywhere, everywhere. And yeah. somebody, uh, you could be stationed in Jacksonville, but you might have to go investigate in Alaska. Uh, so it's being with CSX police starting in Philadelphia, but your jurisdiction took you wherever the railroad uh, was. Right. And so that was the good part, you know, because you can be in Philadelphia. And then I also had Baltimore. I also had Delaware. I had New Jersey. So it was fun because you got to travel a lot of times in law enforcement. You don't get to travel across states and still have jurisdictional right. authority. So it, it was amazing. Yeah, that, that is that is really cool. Uh, the joke in amongst people that build rail is, and they changed this. It used to be, I think any short line could have their own policing force. I think they've actually changed that. Yes. But there was a time when it wasn't. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, if you're in the railroad industry, you're sometimes buying and selling things as any corporate thing. And the joke every, amongst all the railroad contractors is like, oh, we're going to buy that short line so we can all carry everywhere and start our own little police force. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the government figured out that's what people might do right? and changed the law. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, those uh, mandated by Congress for class ones. But you, you started seeing the smaller railroads, yeah. you know, being able to start start their own police department. But it's, it's expensive to do that as well. Yes. The liability yes. and. And oh, I so, can yes. imagine it's it's not for for it's more like I said more of a joke, but it it, it was always fun to talk about. Yes. But it's a fascinating world. We I think maybe one day we'll talk more about that because I think the the jurisdictional investigations and stuff like that is something that people will be listening to. But but we're blessed to have somebody new to the force. So you joined the academy. So I guess you you had the drive that you wanted to do this. Yeah, uh, it was kind of something that um, I have ADC. I take ADC medicine. So military was kind of. Not there for me because they were like, well, hey, you can't take that stuff. I'm like, okay, well. So I still had a calling. I still want to serve. So that's pretty much was my choice. Um, I was working at Lexus at the time, and I realized that it was, like, not the path I wanted to go. Um, just not for me. Didn't want didn't to be selling cars, you know, all that stuff. Um, I worked at the Lexus on the west side, and there was a – Certain instances that you would see there, you'd have people coming up and you have to deal with certain types of folks, um, being that it is on the west side of Jacksonville. <laughs> and just handling that, I was like, I want to want to deal with this. I want to try and help these problems that these people have. Um, yeah, that, I could see how that. that would lead to... Uh, you know, you, you, I think you, like you said, it, maybe it starts as, and, and it seems more like a calling to you, but mm-hmm. I do think that... You might not realize it's a calling. You, yes. you, there's something in you that wants to serve, yeah. and you just haven't figured out how to do it yet. Yes, or where where can you serve? At? Right, right, right. And I, I do hear that a lot of, uh, with a lot of people there. You know, I, I grew up uh, in 9/11, and some of us medically couldn't. You know, when 9/11 happened, I was in, just graduated college. We're like, let's all go join up and let's do this, yes. and then. You start to find out, oh, maybe you can't do that. Uh, You know, you wanted to. So you try to – you almost spend a lot of your time thinking, well, how else can you serve? Uh, To me, you know, it's led to running a company and charities and stuff like that. And and find a way to serve that you can because uh, sometimes you have to take a different path in life. And it's okay. It's okay to have a different path because you can still serve in that path that you're in. Right. Absolutely. Um, So – you, how does it work with, you said you, you joined the academy. So mm-hmm. is that something that you, do you apply to join the academy? How does that process work? So there's, as far as I know, there's really two ways you can do it. You can go to a college that does it like FSCJ, St. John's, Florida Gateway, Santa Fe. They all have a police academy on their campus and you can go through it that way and pay your own way. Or if you were to get a job at say JSO or here at Clay County, they do have sponsorships where the agency will pay your way through, and then you have a job once you're done. And if you're listening and one of our Clay County listeners, that is our college locally. So we're very fortunate to have yes. this. Yep. It's a resource that I really don't think a lot of people in our community realize that that that, that – uh, and Joe Pickens, who runs that university, does an amazing job. So we're, we're fortunate because it, growing up here, it has just transformed over the years to, to a major – yeah, job. I, I'm sure the, the job producer. I guess that's not the right word, but you become very employable when you go through their system at a much more affordable rate than than some of the other options out there. So if, I encourage you, if you're listening, you're looking for higher education, at least check them out. It's worth worth the plug, and and also you know you can have a job locally still and do that. Um, so you apply to the program, mm-hmm. you get in, and uh, how long is the program? So it's about six, six and a half months. My class got delayed a little bit. That's when uh, Hurricane Dorian came in. Okay. And they had to close the, the college for a couple of days. Um, but that, we also had to make up classes that we missed, so like PT and such other things. So um, we did that. And uh, once we all passed, it was it was like a weight off our shoulders because <laughs> you, um, you get three shots at the state exam. And it's a lot of a mind game type thing. So I, I took my exam at St. John's there on college, and um, it's like a 250-question test. Um, and once you get done, it's all computerized, and it says, you know, finish, submit, click OK. It says, are you sure you want to submit? You click OK. And it's like, are you positive you want to submit? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> let me, just get me out of this, please. 
the the lady prints your scores off and she'll walk over and uh you know you see the other people finish before you they hand them the paper while well, i walk up she puts mine face down and slides it to me i'm like i failed and i flip it over and i pass oh, oh, <laughs> so wow, i was like nice. all right that is awesome um so what is the requirement. So we talked, you talked about, there's a, you were saying a physical, mm. what is that? What do you, and I know a little bit about this cause I've done some, I know a little bit about other departments, how they're, for example, I know like uh, we were talking off about Beverly Hills police department. They have a, which I think is actually pretty hard at, at the time. They probably have changed it, but it, it was, uh, you had to run a, you had to run 2.5 miles, averaging seven minutes and 30 seconds a mile and did it. Two, I did that. 2.5 yeah. miles? It was ridiculous. Give me a 1.5 at it least. Was, uh, right? Yikes. It was, uh, because, and it was a weird because it was 0.5. Because normally, you know, I don't know why. Mentally, it's easier to break it down as like two, one, two. Yeah. Why, why the 0.5? I, don't, I, 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 I think never know. To just throw you over the edge. But uh, they, but it, but, I, but I've, I've since learned like a lot of departments value, not value. They just have different like some departments is more like the strength, some it's more agility, some it's more, yes. some it's a combination of all three. You can do, you know, they realize like, hey, look, if you can jump a fence, that's more valuable than more yeah. valuable. Because I mean, the, yeah. the reality is, I, I, I think, I mean, I don't think you're going to, in Clay County, probably going to be chasing somebody on foot two miles. So, whereas in a city, maybe more maybe more likely. More. Yes. Uh, yeah. But what, what type of, of uh, requirement is there for that? So, in, in, for us, mm-hmm. uh, the f- physical agilities test, and you'll go through a course, and you just have to keep moving for 90 seconds, get through that course. Okay. Uh, and that's about, you know, you have to, you know, go, pull a 150-pound sled or is a 50-pound sled. Then you have to get up, walk up a, or run up a, a flight of stairs, descend down, pick up a 150-pound weight, uh, and then run a little obstacle course, jump over a simulated ditch. And just get through the finish line in 90 seconds, but just keep moving. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep moving, you can get through the course. You can get through the, the oh, that's that good. test. A- that's good. I think that uh, our our force is a little bit more realistic about uh, – I, I don't want to disparage any other department that has right. crazy physical requirements because you do have a physical job. But the reality is I know people who are large that could whip my butt all day long. <laughs> You know what? So, <laughs> so I told someone, it's really mind over matter, especially if someone who, even if you're a big person, if you're conditioning yourself to be able to do those things, uh, then you can do it just just as if a person who wasn't as big as Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So it's just a matter of the conditioning, mental. the mental and conditioning your body. <clears throat> to, and, and I think mental that. is probably the mo- biggest part of your job. I mean, really, yes. it, it you, you do have a physical component, but like you said, and as we're going to talk about Jaguars next segment, I mean, I, I think we've all seen that where suddenly like the offensive lineman is sprinting down the field. You're like, where did that <laughs> right. guy get that? <laughs> that man's 300 pounds and yep. he, he's running down the field. And I mean, he's not, and he, it, listen, whether he's running a, 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 a 40 in 5.6 seconds, just, just to be 300 pounds or over 300 pounds and be able to run something that fast. Again, mind over matter yeah. and, and how you condition and train. So is that the first step is you pass the physical physical or is it is there an entrance test first? And I, I ask this because I guarantee you there's people listening, they're thinking, we've talked about this other episodes about, you know, reach out, reach out to the email. Give it one more time, please. At sheriff at claysheriff.com. If you wanted some information about how to join, because uh y'all need deputies. Yes. Every, yeah. every department right now, I imagine almost every department needs deputies. They're so looking they're law enforcement in the whole. It, it is a great career, people who are listening. I, I want you to know that. It, it would be you it, if you have just the slightest inkling, you should try it out and see if it's right for you. I'm sure you, as you go through the process, you maybe you'll realize it's not, but at least start it, you know, reach out, start it. It might change your life. The biggest failure is not trying first to see if it's something that's for you. That's a, you know, I, like I think that. that's, that's the main key. Try it and see if it's for you. And again, for some folks, they, they may say, Hey, this is not for me. And we rather you tell us up front once you get in there than to go all the way through the process and you know something happens right right that makes makes a lot of sense so what's okay so put your application or email start there start find there. out how to how to apply you put your application and you either uh go to the website go they, to the website go to the website uh claysheriff.com they can fill out an application uh which will, our hr department will get that and as long as their application 
lines up with the qualifications and no, there's no disqualifiers that uh, prohibits you from moving on to that next step of getting an interview, uh, right. you should be good. And, and I would encourage anybody applying. Remember, you're, you are dealing with a very good agency. Don't lie. Uh, Absolutely. They will tell their, the truth. Tell yeah. the truth. Yeah. And, and that is true. I, I will tell you this. Anybody who's applying to any job, usually the key is telling the truth. Yes. Uh, a lot of things, people change. People make mistakes. They get better. Uh, but lying about it is a big red flag. Tells you about your character. Right? Oh, absolutely. Already. You can work with the past. Yep. So. You can. And that, that's a great point. You can work with the past, you know, because like you said, people get older, they become wiser. And so you learn from your mistakes. And I think, I mean, I think a, lot, a lot of law enforcement agencies see that is that, hey, now this, it's been years since this person, as long as it's not a felony right, right. or something domestic. Uh, but there are a lot of things we can work with as long as as long as it's been some right. some time, some relative time. So don't rule yourself out. You know, look at where you obviously felony. You know, there are red things like in my <laughs> industry. You have to because of our security clearances. Yes. You have to be out of. Uh, you cannot have been in prison within seven years. Uh, we do have crews that we. It, it, it's just it's we go on way too many facilities that require that, and it's yes. you know that's the and it's a shame. I, that's something that. I, we have, in my company have hired people right out of prison and they've been some of our best, best employees. employees. And when they change that law, it was a little sad because it really, you know, that we hiring you right out would probably do you the best benefit, but now we have to wait. Um, but maybe that'll get changed one day uh, for other, yeah, I get that there's different security clearances, but, and I was going to say a friend of mine from college, uh, I found out she had a top secret clearance. I'm like, how in the, I know what, I know what happened. How did you get that? And she said, she's like, I just told the truth. Yep. Told the truth. They said, okay. They did. They, that was it. <laughs> yeah, anybody, you, you can, especially going into different uh, companies, businesses where it says, hey, you need a security clearance. As long as you tell the truth. Right. Just be honest on your application. Um, and then there, there, there won't be no disqualifiers because the minute you tell a lie and they see that there's, there's uh, something that's not adding up. Right. That's what's going to hurt you the most. And, and you know, from the private sector, there's usually think, there's a reason we're asking because, again, we have to fill out paperwork and we don't want usually rather expensive paperwork to bounce back. And we, say, got, we yeah. have some good background investigators <laughs> who are going to go down, going to, who, which, the, the information you list on your application, those background investigators are going to go and talk to the people in your community, going to go and talk to those previous employers. So you have to be honest. And, and listen, when you come into law enforcement, we do a background check. Right. So when we do that background check, if you've ever been arrested, uh, if you've ever been charged with something, it's going to come up. So just be honest. Right. Because <laughs> if you say, no, I've never been arrested. And then the next thing you know, the background <laughs> says, well, it says here you were arrested. Yeah. Yeah, but I was never convicted. Yeah. It, well, it, but that again, the word was, the have you ever been arrested <laughs> right. or convicted, right? right? Just tell the truth. Right. And and you and even if you're applying to college, tell the truth. Tell I, the truth. I, I had a doctor friend that almost didn't get into med school because he got a ticket in like Maryland and forgot to pay it. Wow. And, you know, I mean, it's again, it, the, the only thing that saved him is his dad uh, made him do a background check and then he found it out and, yes. and they got it resolved. And they, he's like, yep, I in Maryland, I forgot to pay a parking ticket. And they're like, great, you're in med school. That's it. But it would have if he hadn't have. And, and, and to be fair, I mean, I, you could have easily any of us in this room could have been traveling. Got a parking ticket. It blew off the window, and you don't ne know about, know about it. it at so. all. Yes, yeah. my wife. My wife works in HR uh, for Citian, so she always says, "Disclose the information because if you don't disclose it, and then it comes up, now now we can adverse you or we can right. terminate you because you did not disclose the information." Yep. So and 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 especially in this environment, that people are jobs, and I'm not just speaking about. Uh, law enforcement, but we're eager to hire. Yes. So we're going to bend over backwards to work with you. Uh, obviously, you know, when, uh, when there's a shortage, you know, you get a little bit stricter and that's just the way the, the, the job industry works. But uh, so I, I went really far off this tangent here, but uh, <laughs> so we're, let's go back to the deputy here. Um, so you decided, so you, you went police Academy first yep. and then you pass that. Yep, and I now did. does that guarantee, to a job, or is that now you get interview for jobs? It's like uh, your first step to being able to apply places. Okay. Um, some of my classmates, like the last couple weeks of the academy, they would put applications in because application processes then took so long. Um, 
just because it's 2019, different time. And uh, I put in at a couple of places. I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go. Um, so I put in different counties and didn't hear anything back. And then um, needed a job. So I got a job at G4S. I got that immediately after the academy. And then I worked that out. Um, I was there for about a year. And then I had put in at Bradford County. I got okay. in there. And I was a bailiff there. Um, people, and I know Sheriff Smith really well. He's, yeah. Uh, oh, Bradford. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Bradford. Yeah, Sheriff Sorry, Smith. I, I, was, yeah. I was thinking of Baker for a second. Uh, I know I know Sheriff Gordon really well. He's, yeah. Uh, great people, everybody out there in Bradford. Um, I got put in the courthouse. I worked under a guy named Jim Messer. He just recently came back here, too. And he really kind of took me under his wing. Great guy. Love that guy to death. Um, he taught me a lot. Um, and so while I was there, I was on a part-time working full-time hour kind of basis. And then I had a job working security at St. Vincent's in Middleburg. And so I did both of those. Bradford offered me full-time. I went there, um, kept doing the bailiff thing, uh, doing inmate transports for the marshals, for county, going all over the place. And then uh, I was an SRO there for a little bit as well. I worked in Laudy Elementary and Stark. So just for those who don't know, because we went through this before, and yeah. not to throw you off topic, but SRO, school resource officer. Yep. Yes, yep. So. yes. Yeah, so I was a school resource officer at Lottie and at uh, Stark Elementaries, and then um, put my application here, and it was really, really crazy how it worked out. Um, put it in at like 2.45 p.m., and the time it took me to get to Stark to my house, I was in my house. At 4.30, I got a call back. <laughs> That's, so, wow. Yeah. That is great. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's great. See, it just goes to show. Do, do the work. And uh, get a get a what I think is a pretty amazing job. I, yes. I imagine it's great. It's very rewarding. Is yeah. the most you know you can't value that. You look obviously we we need to pay our bills and we need to provide for our families and ourselves and that is important. But then you also have the I feel good yeah. about what yes. I do job. Yeah, and and I know not everybody can do that. I think we've all probably had jobs in the past where it's like you're just you're, you're doing it for the other reasons. But uh, I, I mean I couldn't imagine. It must feel great to serve the community like this. Yeah, it's great. Um, my fiance's told me a bunch. She's like, "Yeah, you look like you're happy. You enjoy going to work, kind of thing." Uh, that's all I do. I have a bunch of fun. It's so much fun. And I mean, you get you weigh things good and bad, but like overall, it's just fun. It's about how you take it. So, what I'm curious about mm-hmm. is seeing seeing this on film and television. You see the rookie come in, mm-hmm. and they start with the the grizzled veteran. Who who gives them a hard time? Doesn't want to deal with them, but they have to anyways. Uh, they, you know, finally you, you you a little bit prove your salt, and then the, then you get to move on to your own. But what's the reality? So, <laughs> it, my whole FTO experience worked out really good. Um, right after the academy, I had come out here and done a ride along, and I rode in Keystone, and I rode with a another deputy named Mitchell, and. Um, he came and he taught in our mini academy. So this is like three years later. And uh, we were doing traffic stop training and, you know, where we're all learning how to do readout tags and whatnot. And he was like, hey, man, I remember you. Great to see you here. And so I walk in day one, phase one into our briefing and uh, he picked me to be his trainee. So someone I was already kind of familiar oh, with. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Which was really, really cool. Um, so I had him for phase one and four. Phase four is a, uh, quote, ghost phase where your trainer will wear like plain clothes and you're like on your own. Um, so it was really kind of helped out being And how long is this, these phases, if you're allowed to say, I don't, you know. Four phases. Four, I mean, but is there a time? So there is a time, but it also depends on experience also, because you may have some, some, uh, oh, they've come who come from another agencies, yeah. you know, so they may have the experience or the knowledge of the sheriff's office or how things work in Florida. So they need to learn policy, but if they can prove that they they're getting it real quick, um, usually you can get them you can get them through in in two phases. Now here you're riding alone, and I think most of our deputies ride alone here. Once you've got them now, having come from Philadelphia, though, y'all have partners. Is it depends that... because sometimes you can ride alone. Uh, sometimes there are other times you are a two man unit. If you were a tactical team or a burglary detail team, a BD team, you rode two person, but. It wasn't until um, uh, 
Chief Ramsey or Commissioner Ramsey came to Philly and we had a string of law enforcement shootings in Philadelphia where we were having Philadelphia police officers getting shot. Mm -hmm. Some died in the line of duty at that time. And at that point, he said, you know what? No more. Everybody's two man cars. And so for a majority of the time now, when feasible, most of your 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 patrol cars, those who are riding in uh, beats will be a two man car. Okay, that makes sense for 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 a major city where yes, where, for a where major police city. officer yeah. I, there it's a police officers. I'm not messing up. Not yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Again, remember deputy police officer, but cities usually have police officers. Uh, it's a lot. You know, when you're, I could see when you're being targeted, having that person to constantly have your back. You know, we are blessed, and again in Clay County to have a pretty good population. I know every area has their bad person, yeah. uh, but uh, you know. I mean, you probably felt pretty safe riding, you know, driving through Magnolia Point. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, being, and being a deputy sheriff here, and you're on your own, but right? In the sense of not not that you're out there by yourself, but you're in that car by yourself. This agency gives you the tools and the equipment and the the responsibility to go out and be able to handle what you need to handle until your help comes. And now I remember this from doing a day as a deputy. Um, when we did our sim- stim- simulation of oh, those horrible misuse of words, uh, when we did our simulation, <laughs> uh, so they one of the things they said to me, and I'm sure this is true, really true too. They said, "Look, if you're in this scenario and you don't feel comfortable, call for backup." Yes, and yeah. I think that's what people. Now I know this from having known a lot of deputies. You, you, a lot of times to save a life, you maybe put a little bit less caution on the. You know, you call for backup, but you're going in anyways. Right. I, I, but I think that that's something that, that officer safety and or deputy safety is, you know, paramount. Yeah, it is paramount. Uh, you know, one of the things, and, 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 and this probably back in the day, you know, coming into law enforcement, you know, you would, you would tell yourself, I'm, I'm going there, I'm rushing, I'm going to help. And officer safety is paramount. And sometimes you, you, in order to help someone, you need to make sure if, if, if the threat is immediate, then you have to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You go in there and you stop the threat that needs to be stopped or you go in there and try and help someone as quickly as possible. But if you, you have a little bit of time, you know, then wait for that backup to come. Sometimes we have this thing where you say, you know what, I'm going to handle this by myself. Sometimes you don't have to. If something doesn't feel right, if your gut's telling you, hey, something seems a little suspicious about this, Call for backup. Make sure you get another set of eyes there that can help assist you, uh, what, whatever it is that you're dealing with in that particular moment. But officer safety will always be paramount. But call for backup. If something doesn't feel right, wait for your backup to, to come. And that is some of our, our the training. You know, that's one of the things actually dealing with, you know, coming out in patrol that your FTO, your field training officer is going to grade you on. When you when they're riding with you, or excuse me, you're riding with them, and they're trying and they're making sure that you're applying the skills uh, to be let go as a deputy by yourself, is that hey, what is his officer safety awareness like? Because there are some folks who get on this job and their officer safety is kind of out the window, <coughs> and if you're putting your own self at risk, then you're putting the person who works beside you at risk as well. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, again, we, uh, I'm sure y'all are feel the same way. We, uh, I feel as a citizen, we have a great uh, law enforcement community here in Clay County. So I hope wherever you're listening, you do also. Uh, so we're going to wrap this up, this segment. We're going to go in the Jaguars, and, and everybody's going to stick around so you'll be able to hear from everybody again. But if you have any questions about the, the process – Make sure to send that email. If you have questions that you want me to ask about this, because uh, I'm trying to think of all the things I want to know, but you you might think of something obscure. Uh, well, here's a great great example, and I could, I'm totally throwing you under the bus because you might be like, you know, you're asking me off the top of my head. What what is the starting range of a, of a deputy here in Clay County? If you're if you know, so actually the starting range now uh, when you get hired on is forty one thousand, a little over forty one thousand. But I believe. If you're a recruit or if you're a cadet, so we're putting you through the academy, I think it's a little less than that. I think it's about 35,000, a little mm-hmm. over 35,000. However, once you graduate the academy, and because we hired you already, it's just once oh, okay. you come out the academy, then you start at that 41,000, a little over 41,000 a year. Okay. 
So that's where you just keep that in mind because, you know, if you want a, a career change or you're young and need a first career, it's it's worth considering and checking it out and reaching out. And I like I said, I will let you know as much as I can if you ask the question an email and I will send it. Uh, I'll, I'll read it on air unless, like I said, unless it's just really dumb because that's <laughs> that's the beauty of being in the host seat is I get to weed that stuff out. <laughs> Thank so. you, Judson. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally, I might ask the dumb question anyway. It's just to throw you off, but, <laughs> yeah. hey, but I won't say We'll it. answer it. We'll answer it. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so we have a very transparent uh, department here. So you're listening to Never Off Duty. We'll be right back after a short break. And we are back uh, to Never Off Duty. So if you're listening, I want to make sure, because I don't know, we haven't edited it yet. I just want to let everybody know, this has been the podcast episode where every technical difficulty has so far happened in one episode. <laughs> uh, so if I, hopefully I can edit through any problems. But if you hear, if it's slightly different, remember, uh, we're blessed to have people come in. But they sometimes can't come in again. So we just have to keep going. And so I'm going to work on that first segment. I hope... When you're listening to this, you're going to go, okay, no, I didn't notice anything. But if you did, hey, I'm a one-man shop here. We're sorry. <laughs> so sorry about that. I think I got it, though. We were having some level issues and mic issues, but uh, that does happen in any live show when you record. So we were talking in the break, and I, I wish you guys could hear this in the break because, you know, we get to, we joke around a lot, and it's but – you know, but we also <laughs> weed out some of the stuff that you probably would be like, why am I wasting my time on this? Um but we were talking about how to dip your toe because the first segment was a, a, from the perspective of somebody new to the force. Uh, force, is that correct too? Yeah, new, that, new to the force or so agency. Agency. <laughs> uh, that he, he made a great suggestion about if you're interested, what should you do first? should definitely uh, call the agency and see about doing a ride along. Um, riding 12 hours and not having to be working or going through the whole stress of the process to find out that you like it. I would always suggest do a ride along. I've suggested it to my friends, my family. I've had a bunch of my friends come and do it with me thus far. And can, they all say it's a great experience. Can anybody request a ride along? Is that like, I mean, what's the process for that? And I'll tell you before you answer that, because I want to know why. Because I've, look, I, 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 some of the people that I know, I'm like, they're like, oh yeah, I did a ride along. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're an elected official. I understand, <laughs> you know, you did a letter or, or, you know, like there's, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking well, you probably, you not like I can't just call and right. be like I want to do a ride along. Uh, so, but I and I know for safety, there's probably some uh, background stuff. But but is, if if somebody's truly interested, is that something that hey, we'll get them on there? As yes, if, if someone wants to do a ride along, and I believe they go to claysheriff.com to see what the process is. You know, number one, though, you, you you can't be, you know, you can't have any felonies, I believe. That's okay. the number one. That makes sense. That Which would make sense. Uh, but, you know, as long as you don't have any of those disqualifiers that will prevent you from doing a ride along and you have an interest or you think you may have an interest in law enforcement or with this sheriff's office, then yes, re request, put the application in to do the ride along and make sure when you do that ride along, you do it on day shift and you do it on night shift. So that way you get to see both perspectives. And if it's something, because sometimes one's way different than the other. Oh, it is. You're talking about. It, it, it 1000% is all the way different. <laughs> yeah. The, the world changes after uh, a certain hour. After yeah. Sundown. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a friend who's a judge and, and she once told me she had to serve. So we, Jacksonville has a Florida Georgia game. Yes. And the Florida Georgia game was on Halloween. Huh. And she's like, Yikes. she was saying, I'm, I'm on duty this weekend. This is, you know, like this busy. is going to be a very busy weekend. Yeah, and it very was. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Wasn't as bad because, you know, back in Philly at Veteran Stadium, you know, before it got knocked down, you know, we had a judge. We had court inside Veteran Stadium. Oh, inside? Oh, oh yes, absolutely. We oh, had a holding cell. So funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is hilarious. Wow. <laughs> we had a holding cell. Um, and there was a judge who would hold court, Seamus McCafferty, who was a retired Philadelphia police officer. And you, so for the fans who were drunk and disorderly, you know, they needed that, you know, hey, all right, you arrested, you went and saw the judge 
uh, right then and there uh, in court. That was nice. I mean, there is something to be said about you can't see the judge till Monday. Uh, Maybe that'll teach you Mm -hmm. not to be drunk and disorderly, but... So this is a perfect segue. So we've got a playoff game. Yeah. But, uh, wow. But it's yeah. not here, yeah. right? Is, is, I don't, is, is it here? Yes, it, it, is, is, here. Here. That's yes, right. it is. Wow. it is here. That's right. It is here. I was I was wondering that. I'm like, wait, we're not, are we really good enough to get the playoff game here? That's y'all, why I was second-guessing myself. So Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> won the AFC South. So they at least get to host the right. playoff game. Right. Which, you know. It's a big it, deal. It's a big deal. So oh, yeah. It's so funny because early in the season, and my my – Family are Chicago Bears fans because they're from. I mean, not my 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 wife's side of the family because they're from Chicago. Okay, and I, early in the season, I was like, because we were not that good, but nobody's really good this season. But anyways, uh, or maybe everybody's equally good. That, that's a better positive way to say nah. it. And yeah. Chicago has the number one draft pick this year. Well, that's what. My, yes, but my point was, I'm like. <laughs> We were losing. I'm like, suddenly we were we won a game, and I'm like, why don't we just start playing for the draft pick? Like, I'm like, this is we've lost every game. Well, y'all need to thank Houston. Well, excuse me, your family needs to thank Houston. Yes, for winning a game to take Houston out of that number one yeah. draft pick. And if I listen, I know we can already talk about the Jags, but we love football, right? So, if I were Chicago, and I'm not, but if I were a Chicago fan and I owned the Chicago Bears. I would say you're probably better off trading Justin Fields. Yep. Getting what good picks you can get for him, and you go ahead and get. Bryce I, I agree, only because you know, man, first round draft picks don't often pan out. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I mean, it feels like statistically, just trade. And well, get they what had you Trubisky need. last time, so that didn't pan out for him <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we have we have the Jags game and. Now we're in Clay County down here. Duval is north of us, and it's it's we've talked about this. It is Duval is the city of Jacksonville, which is the city of Jacksonville is all Duval. I it's mean, all it's, Duval. It's, yeah. it's, yes. it's very confusing, and it's a gigantic landmass. Yes, it, it is. Yes. Uh, it, it, that, I guess that's why it's kind of a hybrid of deputy, deputy and because poli- it started as a police department and then became a, a deputy. Sheriff's office. Oh, it started as a sheriff, a, then became in, in the police department and then it consolidated, you know. It's kind of like a Miami-Dade. They did the same go. thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's it's uh, massive. Oh, and, yeah. and when you, you can, I don't know this, I'm making an assumption here that, so there's a difference between policing a city or policing you know, when you have way more landmass with roads yes. and deserted roads. Oh, yeah. And, so yeah. it's a little harder. We talk about that again, that that uh, unincorporated, incorporated, especially here in Clay, right. you know, <coughs> with the police departments, you know, they have their, you know, they have their jurisdictional limits as to only their jurisdiction, their town or city. And where the sheriff's office, unincorporated areas, yes, we have, but we can go into those incorporated areas and still enforce, you know, uh, laws and so forth. But again, you know, those agencies have their police departments, so they handle when they need help, we'll we'll help them. But we still have authority to go in there and, and you know, make those traffic stops or, you know, handle right. something we need to handle. And, and I, so if you're just tuning in, we've I've talked about this last time, a couple of episodes ago that, uh, you know, there's that. Again, police and television. The person's like, ha ha, I've stepped over. And and you were like, well, sometimes you actually do have to get out the tape measure. <laughs> yeah. Check. But not in this case here. Right. You know? Right. So. <laughs> that, uh, but I, I think that's a myth. I, I, we have to do a whole episode of myth versus reality. Yes. Because people are, it's like the myth of the, you're always, we had a partner. Because you see that in television, because it'd be very boring for a person to be talking to themselves. Yeah. Right? They needed somebody to have dialogue with. <laughs> it, it, to have the luxury of having a partner is one thing, but it's hard when you have take-home cars. Okay. You know? So, you know, most <laughs> some of your law enforcement agencies, especially up north, uh, everybody uses the same car when they come in on shift. Where here, you know, we all have our own cars to take home. So at that point, it's hard having a two-man car. Now, right. Who's the, you can you both meet up and jump into one of one of the other's cars and, you know, ride around. But that's just awkward because now when it's time to report off, I got to drive you all the way back yep. to get your car and then go home, you know, just depending. So. And I actually, there's been a debate. We're off Jaguars. <laughs> we're going to come back to that. Uh there's been a debate about that. I know that people are always like, oh, should should you? I like it personally because I think it puts a presence 
bigger in the community. Yes. When you, the take home car is, is very good for the community because the reality is if I'm a bad guy and I see a deputy's car in an area, I'm probably going to go, mm, yeah, I'm going to eh, think, yeah. yeah, at least think about it. Caution. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I, in my mind I would, but it's so, but it's the, it's the a perception thing. And I don't, I don't mean that it's not happening, but when you are able to take your car home and have that extra presence that, you know, Hey, everywhere I turn, I see a, a sheriff's office vehicle, whether it's in the driveway or whether it's down the road. The, the reality is number one, when, when I'm heading home from work and I may live in the County, you know, if I see something, I can still provide some sort of assistance or help right. until the on-duty deputy gets there. Or if I'm heading into work, but my shift doesn't start for another 45 minutes. And there's been times I know when I'm, where I was living over in Jacksonville at the time and I was reporting on for duty and I'm coming in and I'm in the county about 45 minutes earlier and something happens. Well, you know what? Now I'm that extra presence that can go and help and assist, you know, that deputy or whatever incident's occurring and just report on that time, report on a little early. Which is why the podcast is called Never Off Duty. <laughs> Never you truly Duty. aren't. You I mean, aren't. It's, no, you're not. No. You're always there if if you're needed. And I think that, and and sometimes, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I know y'all probably have all experienced that where you get called in, where it's like we, all hands on deck and- it's like, wow, man, I would have really could have used another hour of sleep. <laughs> yes, <now."> yes. <laughs> but you're you're not, you're always on duty. Uh, so with the Jaguars, they're having a big event. There's going to be a ton of people down there. And what I'd like to talk about is we, how does that work? If How would Clay County handle that? I know every department's different. But I think that when you have – because we do have big events here. Yes. And – Sometimes multiple events happen. Is there any, like here in Clay County, we know we, like, you know, this is going to have the fair, but if somebody's yeah. like, oh, by the way, we've got, um, you know, Tom Cruise coming also same day and <laughs> right. he's, he's signing a thousand autographs. <laughs> uh, and we, sorry, did, I mean, are y'all like, you should have told us or right. like, how does that work? So one, one thing is it's about definitely preparation and, and planning. Um, if, if we were here planning for, the Jags game, you know, then we would already be planning. And, and really for Jacksonville, JSO, once they realized, hey, they already had to start planning before that game even took place when they played the Titans. Because now the, the realm of possibility was if the Jaguars win, they're going to host a playoff game. So the preparation and planning already went into effect probably a week, two weeks ago, just in case. Hey, I'd rather have a, a, a action plan, an opera operations plan ready to go rather than, oh, now we're doing it last minute. So that makes sense. Is there somebody who like special operations, like this is your job and, or do you think, I mean, how does, is that, or is it somebody else's job that they do a lot of jobs, but when this type of thing happens? So there, so, so here at the Clay County, we have the EOC, the emergency operations center. And so we worked together and so we would start planning, you know, having planning meetings at the EOC and, and who who's involved in that? All the top stakeholders. So we're talking about the sheriff, the, the emergency management director, the the county manager, uh, the fire chief, all those principals that are going to play a part. And even those principals that don't have a upfront role, but if assistance is needed. Everybody's going to be at the table, you know, making sure that there is a plan in place to provide safety, security, uh, medical help if needed. If if something was to happen, you know, some sort of a threat, you know, what that tactical plan would look like. All that is laid out in an incident action plan, which we call an IAP. And that comes and that that happens when, you know, everyone gets and start having the meeting to work out, especially the, 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 the policymakers. So we're talking about the sheriff, the county commissioners, the, the, the county manager, making sure that, you know, they put a plan in place. And then with that plan, how are we going to execute each and everything based off if this happens, if A happens, if B happens, if C happens, all those things are laid out in the IAP, even up to the point 
if this happens, where's the landing landing zone for a helicopter to come in? Which hospital are we taking him to? If one of our canines is injured, which uh, emergency vet services, excuse me, which emergency vet service are we taking that canine to? All that information is going to be laid out in the IEP. And so it's important that you always plan for, you know, events like this. And once you do it over the course of time, every event is unique in its own. However, the planning process helps you uh, uh, determine what's your course of action in case anything happens. Yeah. And I can t- attest to this. That That is fascinating. So firsthand, and I will, if I start to say anything, I'm not supposed to, because there's some things that you just need to not, because of safety, yes. talk about. But so flag me, start going wave and I'll, okay. I'm going to stop up there. But uh, I've hosted some dignitaries on the federal level We've uh, and in Clay County before I've had the president's family here, uh, past president's uh, family here. I've had a past speaker of the house here. And I was so impressed with how Clay County worked with, in the case of the president's family, it was Secret Service. Yes. In the case of the Speaker House, it was Capitol Police. Yes. And and I was I was just so impressed with with what you have and the way that they they, they handled. They worked flawlessly with them and handled it. And I mean, it, it was almost like, yeah, we had the president here every day. Like I mean, it, like literally. <laughs> yeah. It, we don't, but they were so prepared that it felt like this was a common occurrence that they're perfectly prepared for it. And uh, I, it, from a geeky kind of perspective, it was kind of fun to watch and it talk is. to them. It's, it's, it's relying on those local resources because they know that particular area. Uh, working with CSX, no, so working with CSX, a lot of people may don't know because we had train tracks that ran through the Capitol. And so... When you had the inauguration, we were down there working the inauguration. And it is a collaborative effort, no matter where, especially if you had movements in Baltimore. If the president was moving in Baltimore and he had to cross some railroad tracks, we got contacted because we shut train traffic down. We also had agents available who would be out there making sure everything was clear. So we would work with Secret Service. We worked with Capitol Police. We worked with Park Police. And and that's incumbent upon any any dignitary coming into a jurisdiction is going to coordinate with the local authorities there uh, to make sure that they can also provide that additional level of security to make sure that that dignitary is in safe and is out safe. And and because I know the people of our area, keep in mind it, yes, there is an added expense to this, uh, but the, the threat level is higher. It isn't just, you know, nobody wants to to be like it, it. Just because we say the word dignitary, it doesn't mean that it, they're more important than any citizen. Absolutely. Yes. But the reality is most of us here can go to Home Depot and we're going to be fine. But there are people that like they literally cannot drive to Home Depot without potentially risk of life. Yes. And and that's why. And if you're ever in that situation, they'd give you the same courtesy. And so keep that in mind when we when we use those words. I just I, I know some of our listeners, they're going <laughs> <laughs> Traffic's held up, and it, I, I, it's yep. sometimes it's an inconvenience for people, you yes. know. But when it comes to the paramount, not only of that dignitary, but also you're protecting those people, the people who are there to see right. that particular person, and it's about the safety of everyone involved. And so sometimes, in order to have effective safety, there's going to be some small inconveniences. And and, uh, and it isn't just Clay County Sheriff. I'm going to give credit to Green Coast Springs Police Department. Uh, I brought a dignitary to to speak to the local community and there was, you know, a threat and like they hand, I mean, they were just provided every bit of service that to keep the people attending safe and the yes. person speaking safe. And uh, and we live in a little crazy world right now. I mean, where where you you have threats against everything, and it's uh, it's glad I'm glad that we have you know, y'all to to protect us. Yes, uh, appreciate that. So, if we have the Jaguars game here in Clay County, let's pretend uh, they they knock down the <laughs> the the fairgrounds. They built a gigantic stadium. You, you talked about there. Would this be something that your mobile command unit would would need to be out for? Yes. And is that what you know if Jacksonville does too for yes, this? Yes. You know Philly, so you even yes. know better. Uh, your mobile command unit's out. All your assets, especially in a high priority or a high profile event, such as a football game or even the playoffs, Super Bowl, all your, your assets are going to be out because you need those assets to make sure that you have everything, every tool available that you need to make to to keep that event secure and to keep people safe. 
Those are your modes of communication. That's where the decisions are being made, not only there, but at your EOC. So reality is great having great working relationships with your uh, county emergency management, um, your other law enforcement agencies that are going to come in or uh, and, you know, your own agency, making sure that y'all constantly train, prepare uh, and put the right people in the right place, you know, who know how to do the job. That's that's the most important thing. But it's always about planning and make sure you plan and try and think of every contingent or or issue possible that you can have that you can mitigate should something uh, happens. And I think you touched on something that we'll write down as a future episode because I'm always fascinated with especially because when we, you know, like today, sheriff's working and, and couldn't free up because yes. we when we record, she just couldn't do it. Uh, but there's so many planning meetings and, and you're planning for eventualities that you hope never happen. Yes. And you can make all the plans in the world and something else can happen. Uh, we've seen this in life many a time. But I mean, that's, a I would imagine, a large part of especially the upper level leadership of, of the sheriff's office of making these plans of eventualities, what you, what you know is coming, what might come and what you hope never happens. Yes. And you hope you never have to do the bad stuff, but it, it, it I can't tell you firsthand, they work really hard planning. Uh, and not just planning. I think it, it because people can plan all day long, but the, y'all are good at executing the plans. There you go. That's the trick. You can, you plan it and you, execute it. It, it. Right. You can plan all day, but if you don't plan it, that if you don't execute that plan, Correctly, and, and not saying that there's there's not going to be a small hiccup in right. the plan when something happens, but it is how you manage that hiccup when it comes, and how do you effectively, uh, you know, mitigate it real quick. So, would like we have a new deputy that's I mean new because you know yeah, let's say under five years we'll go new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, now, if, if if like if you if we have the Jaggies game here, would you be like, can I work that? Or is that something you think like a lot of deputies, or like you know from Philadelphia, is that something that like the fans you will want? work it? Be honest. Oh, you will you. be. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, five year deputy. Hey man, come on, work this game here. <laughs> uh, if 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 this if the event is large enough, so Philly used to cancel your days off for such large events, and they would put it in date, and they saw this. So that's the part about the proper planning. Because if you know something is going to happen, and sometimes it may spring up when the Phillies was when the Phillies. Uh, uh, we're going to the World Series, you know, I listen from my brother and said, man, now I don't have no days off because they were working around the clock. So sometimes your days off will be canceled. At least one of your days off will be canceled. So for an, a huge event like the Jaguars game, you know, on the regular, you know, week to week, whoever wants to sign up to work the game, you right. want to work it. It's, it's overtime. It's off duty probably for you. Now, if it's something on a bigger scale where now, again, you're, we're talking about the Super Bowl and it's mm-hmm. going to bring masses amounts, massive amounts of people in, then sometimes an agency may say, hey, your day's off or canceled. Just like any hurricane situation, you right. may be on standby, you know, to be able to get called and come in quickly to help uh, with any type of uh, mission that needs help with. Which I'll tell you what, and this is obviously dependent on the good of the community. But I, I, if we are able to, like, for example, if we have a hurricane coming with enough warning where we can brief the people on, this is what they're doing. I think that'd be fascinating because I, I, it is fascinating to see the amount of work y'all put in before anything happens. And, and I don't really think people appreciate that. And I'm sure on a, on a person, again, relatively new, even the start of your shift, you're probably going through so much stuff to plan your shift to, and as you're driving around, you're probably constantly thinking, um, you know, it's a thinking job. We talked about the mental for the, yes, to get into it. That, for sure. Um, when I got out of FTO, I would go into like an overthinking mode, I guess. You know, I came out, my very first call was dude went missing. And, you know, elderly guy, um, his wife was saying that he was making like suicidal statements or whatever. Um, but when I talked to her, what she was considering suicidal just didn't seem like that. He, the, the example that she gave me was he was carrying like a three gallon jug of water and he dropped it and it spilled all over the floor. And he was like, that's my life to me. That's not right. Horribly crazy. Um, that does sound like something I would say, you know, <laughs> and, uh, he, he had, he had left to go to, uh, to like a doctor's appointment and he was, you know, insulin dependent, took all of his insulin. And so, to me, looking at everything that we had, it was kind of like, it just sounds like he went to go blow off steam somewhere. And what ended up happening is he actually was, and they 
found him in the um, Virginia State Forest alive and and well, and he ended up getting the help they needed, which is great. But like coming into that, I would start getting like not worried, but it would be like a weird tightness in my chest when mm-hmm. I was coming in, kind of like thinking like, oh man, did I, you know, did I take what she was saying in a different kind of way than what should have been? But right in reality, it was just this is what you're giving me. This is what I can work with. And overthinking is the thing that just killed me. But um, on a side note from that, just to kind of touch back on the game so we don't go down that rabbit hole. Um, when I worked at Bradford, um, I was the school resource officer. Um, it's like the Jaguars game on a smaller scale, but their big thing is Bradford High versus Baker County. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, my my dad's from Baker County. My okay. fa- All my cousins from Baker County. My jo- uh, my business is on the border of Baker and Duval, so oh, wow. we have, so it's yeah. in Baldwin. So so you, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I worked like one of those games, and it's roll out the mobile command force. Here comes the big bus. They got drones out. Baker County comes out, and they help us out. And so it's like six or seven Bradford deputies, six or seven Baker deputies, kind of holding it down. And so just imagine that. This is a high school game we're talking about. And imagine professional. I, I saw something the Jaguars shared on social media. Um, the last game that we had at home, it was like 70,500 people for the oh. last game. I think you it's going to be insane downtown. It is oh, going to be insane. It's going to be wild. I was uh, looking at my schedule because uh, my you know my wife and I put everything in our schedule, and I'm like, please don't have anything downtown. Please don't have <laughs> yeah. Because I, I mean, look, if I was going to the game, that'd be a different story. Right. But if I have, if like we were going to go to like a symphony, I don't know if I want to go to the traffic. Yeah. People, it's going to be so, so yes. The traffic is going to be a nightmare, and I think that's where you know I, I unfairly people probably blame in Jacksonville, the, the, them, the police force there of saying it's their fault. I'm sorry, deputy for, I, again, they're Jacksonville's. Well, no, JSO. Police. Police. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I imagine they unfair. I mean, look, you, it's just too many people and yeah. too small of a spot. It's going to happen. And you, and, and you have to keep those 70,000 people and more safe. You have to keep that entire venue event and still have to worry about the folks who aren't attending the game, who still live yep. in the downtown area yeah. or who are down there just to do something totally different than go to the Jags game. So you, you balance, you know, security and safety. You, you, there's a lot that goes into that planning process. I, I, I couldn't imagine. Now, would you if if like so if Duval. If if JSO was like, hey, we need some extra help, would any of y'all volunteer just so you could be down there in the middle of it? Oh, or would yeah. You? Okay. I would. <laughs> oh, I think, oh, yeah. I think anybody would. And you have those MOU agreements, you know, uh-huh. where, hey, if we need assistance, you know, they they know that they can call on their regional partners to come and will us. It's just as we do when we need help. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen it. It might be Philly because, uh, I mean, you know, Philly fans are amazing. They never cause problems in the stadiums. No, we do not. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> So, sorry. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I have a, a friend who is a, like, a very, very high doctor in New York. She is, you know, very well thought after, but she is a Phillies fan. And let me right. tell you, when she goes to those games, you'd be like, are you serious? Like, how are you a doctor? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you'd be surprised of the professions who are down there and you'd be like, what do you do? Yeah. And you're like, yo, I like hanging with you. I have a, so, I have a funny story to tell. And, you know, if we, and it's just in sports general, but, um, I have a, a, a good friend. He's, he's my big brother in sense. And we went to the Eagles game and we were sitting in the Verizon suite in Lincoln Financial Field. Now he's a state senator. So he says, Drew, when we get there, you can't, you can't outburst. You know, this is a different <laughs> type of crowd, you know? So you, you gotta, you gotta be humble and mellow. It's like, oh, tone, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll ace it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, (laughs) the minute I got up in that suite and the game kicked off and we did something where I think we rushed, we ended up rushing the quarterback sack and I jumped up. Yeah, pressure bus pipes. That's and I mean, I'm yelling going on. So I see, I see, I see my buddy. He's beside me. He's like, he puts his 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 head in his hand and like, oh lord. And the VP of Verizon comes out and said, I like that guy. That's what I like it. So he was like, what? And so ever since then, he's like, hey, you can come back to this suite anytime, you know, because I, I no matter where, I'm gonna be me. 
I'm going to yell. I'm going to scream. I'm gonna, no yeah. matter what the profession I, I I would be in. When I when I talk about cheering for a sports team, I'm all in. I got <laughs> invited to – somebody invited me to the, the box at a Gator game. And I'm a Florida State fan, full disclosure, but right. I, I love football. Uh, but it was the Florida, Florida State game. But <laughs> but, uh, I, but I would have gone anyways. It doesn't matter. If you invite me to watch a football game, I'm going to – especially – I'm yeah. more of a college fan. I'm going to a college game. I like all of our – I watch all of our Florida teams play. Yeah. So – but I went and it was, you know, a little stuffy, little whatever. But the owner of the box who was like in the corner – uh, you know, he was a big box and great guy, but like, I mean, I got excited and I was doing that and, yeah. and he's like, same thing. He's like, he's like, I get like this too. He's like, I, I, you know, my, my company invites a lot of people and it's like, they don't want to watch a game. Like, yeah. what's the point of going? That's if you don't why want to... I go to watch the <laughs> yeah. game. Listen, don't talk to me about business. <laughs> yeah. I am watching the game. That's what I came here for. <laughs> so him and I got along great. Yes, absolutely. Even though we were on opposite sides, uh, him and I were just sitting there going, uh, giving each other a good time yes. about that game. But, uh, all right, well, what we'll do is if anything, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, uh, say a prayer that nothing Happens this weekend that goes smooth for the Jaguars and and JSO. Uh, we might post game it uh, if, and talk about like you know was there, if we hear about yes. anything. But sometimes, hopefully not. Hopefully we don't ever talk about this again because or the Jaguars win and we 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 get to talk about it. I hope talk we about. talk about that. Yeah, a Jaguars <laughs> win because it'd be good for the community. That'd be so wild. That would be awesome. Well, this was a great episode. Thank you coming uh, for coming, Debbie Elias, and thank you, Debbie DeFord. And Judson, hey, if I can say one more yeah. thing uh, because. A lot of times when we talk about Deputy Elias being out there his first year on patrol, but I have to say, if there's one thing we have to get credit to is our patrol guys out there working the field. They are the backbone of the sheriff's office. They are out there doing the grunt work each and every day. So, you know, for those, you know, who may listen to this podcast and talk about Deputy Elias and his first year on the job, these guys, these men and women out there are doing a great job. They are the backbone. They're out there each and every day. So we tell our listeners, if you're listening, you see these guys out there working, just give them a thumbs up, say thank you, because they truly uh, help this agency shine in the work that they're doing out in the community. I, I totally agree. In fact, I'll tell you, you can tell me this is annoying. So whenever I see a deputy, I always wave like, hey, yes. like, you know, I don't do the thumbs up. I probably should. But I'm always like, hey, you know, like I recognize right. you. And they're probably like, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. You that is that was so eloquently said that they are our backbone. Y'all are doing a great job. And I would say, too, if you're pulled over by a deputy, be kind. They're doing their job. Yes. Yeah. We oh, have yeah. A, don't go anywhere with a chip on your shoulder. Uh they're there for you, even if they have to pull you over. Yes. And so be kind and uh, and thank them. Say, I understand. You know, like, yes, I ran through that stop sign. Thank you, because I was dumb. Uh, <laughs> we all make, listen, I always tell, I always told folks, you know, this is an educational moment. If I stop you, if I come up and say, you know why I stopped, and you're able to tell me, listen, I, I, yeah, I missed a stop sign. Have a good day. You know, because you, at least you were aware of what happened, right. I, you know. So. Oh, yeah. I, I told a guy last night. You know, I appreciate you being so cool with me. I you you get what you give. Yep, hundred um, percent. So be kind. Be nice. Be kind. Yeah, that's it. Be kind and and say thank you. I, I from me say say thank you, and I do thank y'all for your service. Thank so. you. Appreciate that. Thank, thank you. you. All right, you're listening to Never Off Duty, and we hope you'll tune in again next week. <laughs>